The Ziggler Show. Timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide. Inspiring true performance in your work and life today. Welcome to episode 321 of The Ziggler Show. I'm your proud host, Kevin Miller, and my quote for this show is shared by Zig in our upcoming clip, and it's from Helen Keller. It's better to have vision and no sight than the other way around. So from that, the title of today's show is Realize Your Blindness and Get Some Vision. Realize Your Blindness and and get some vision. Our show is brought to you today by audible.com, a company we love because they carry Ziegler books and 180,000 others in audio format and immediately delivered for your listening pleasure. We have a gift for you today. Go now to audible.com forward slash Ziegler, and they'll let you download any audio book for free. Yeah, totally free. Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com forward slash Ziegler. This episode has a fair amount of biblical scripture reference regarding some examples and points right along with marketplace examples. If you're not fluent in Bible stories, you won't miss the point here, but the Bible is Zig's reality and the foundation of his life turnaround beginning at age 45. We'll talk more about that in coming shows. So in our last show, number 320, listen to that if you haven't already, we focused on the life altering power for better or worse of our inner self-talk. At the end of the show, I offered Zig's self-talk cards to everyone, just a free offering. Well, hundreds of you went and got them, and that is just beautiful. They keep pouring in. In providing your email to get them, you'll also be getting weekly emails for four weeks, prompting you a bit. And finally, I'll be asking for your input. You sharing your experience after I compile your feedback, we'll do a follow-up show on the results a little over a month from now, probably six weeks or so. So if you missed it, you can, again, go to Ziggler.com forward slash self-talk. Again, there's no sale or promo, just an offering of a great resource for you to use and us to walk out together and to discuss afterwards. Hey, speaking of together, I'm going to shamelessly keep asking for your help. It's regarding ratings and reviews in iTunes. This podcast is totally free. But ratings and reviews bump us further up the charts and help expand the Ziggler message. And uh, I, I'm I'm not too proud to say this. I want us to be at number one. Uh, and we're bumping on that in the business category. So uh, I don't want what we don't deserve, though. I only want five-star ratings if you believe we deserve it. And great reviews if we warrant it. But I am asking. So you're busy, like I am. And unless it's really important, you probably won't do it. To give a five-star rating requires you to log into iTunes if you're a user. Then it's a simply a single click. Uh, to leave a review is just type in a quick sentence or two. And for your trouble, I want to offer something. Uh, we can't get any contact info from iTunes when you leave a rating or review. But if you'll do it, then send me a personal email at k, k as in Kevin, kmiller at ziggler.com. Okay? So go in there, leave a, re a review, and uh, cite your name in there or whatever your login info is so I can recognize you. And then email me at kmiller at ziggler.com. We want to send you a gift in the mail, literally the mail, in your hands to touch and feel, a small thank you gift. So if you'll do it and email me, we will get it to you. So thank you in advance. With me for today's show is Ziggler head honcho Tom Ziggler, who just returned from a week in Mexico. Tom, the growing Ziggler company keeps you hopping, of course. How was getting away for a week for a mini work sabbatical? 
Kevin, it was fantastic. I was down there with my in-laws. We spent some time in Cancun. We saw the region. We ate our way across Mexico. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, that uh, doesn't get better than uh, good, authentic food, eh? That's right. The Ziegler, the Ziegler tradition is, is we don't eat until we're full. We eat until we're tired. <laughs> That's I like that. And that's when you come back and do a week of juice fasting, right? Oh, yeah. There's the juice fast in my near future. I will say, though, even though I ate more than I should have and different things, I, I'm, I'm still maintaining and doing what I need to do to stay healthy. So. Oh, beautiful. That's what counts. All right. Well, hey, we'll dive into this clip uh, and give that to you folks right now. And then we've got some points to talk on. Here we go. See, success is not an event. It's a process. Failure is not a person, it is an event. And the picture you have of yourself plays a major role. In reality, in the book of Numbers, we read something about self-image. You remember when the 12 spies were sent into the promised land to explore it? And now 10 of them came back uh, as negative nails, you know, oh, they got a bunch of giants up there. And we are grasshoppers in our eyes and in their eyes. Now, everybody with any common sense knows a grasshopper ain't going to kill a giant. And so they talked, the ten talked to the rest of the crowd out of going uh, in to take the land. And God said, all you got to do is go get it. I'm going to fight for you. But they didn't take God at his word. Now, Caleb and Joshua, the only two who survived the 40 years in the desert, and as the first prime minister of Israel uh, said when they were reborn as a nation, They wandered around 40 years and then stopped in the only place in the Middle East that didn't have oil on it. Now, anyhow, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and that image is there. Now, as we look at goals, talking with Fred Smith yesterday, he said we got to look first at the difference between direction and goals. Now, it's a very important distinction. The direction we have in our life is critically important. How you select your goals is determined or should be determined by the direction you want. For example, if you want to go to Atlanta from uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, you know, you got to go east. Now, if you leave Dallas and drive a little while and see a sign, Lubbock, Texas, next stop, Uh, you can still get to Atlanta by going west, but it takes a lot longer and it's going to take more than an automobile. So you got to determine the direction uh, you want in your life. Now, we need a vision. You know, Solomon says, my people perish for lack of a vision. Albert Schweitzer, in his declining years, was asked the question, how goes it, Dr. Schweitzer? And he said, my eyesight fails, but my vision is clearer than ever. Helen Keller said, it is better to have a vision and no sight than to have it the other way around. Uh, Justice Stone and Zimmel says, a vision is a clearly articulated results oriented picture of a future you tend to create. Now, all of this is tied in with our image, our self-image. Emerson said, what lies behind you and what lies before you are tiny matters compared to what lies within you. You were born to win. You are created in God's own image. But in order to be the winner you were born to be, there's got to be a game plan to go along with it. 
Sometimes our direction is diverted, sometimes even radically altered by enticing short-range goals. We want the new car, the big house, joining a fancy country club, the luxury vacations so badly that we will commit all of our time, energies, and efforts to get stuff. And in the process, we lose our direction and we sacrifice the people who are the most important of all. One writer put it this way, we're so anxious to eat the fruit that we pick it before it is ripe. Young man named Dan Williams, whom I've come to know pretty well over the last four or five years, In 1994, he had uh, just been fired from his fourth consecutive job, and it was an integrity problem. He lost his house. His life had been threatened. He was at the very bottom. He was highly goal-motivated, but it was money-motivated and the stuff that goes with the money. And we're inclined to take so many shortcuts when that is our major objective. The only thing he had left, really, and this is a lot, he had a wonderful wife and a brand new baby. He was a graduate in 1988 of Pepperdine University. As a matter of fact, he had his MBA from there. And he made a decision. He realized that uh, he had to write his ship up. He had to straighten up and fly right because uh, he was in desperate trouble. And he made a very simple decision on his own. He was going to get any kind of job he could and work awfully hard at it. Well, he got a job with Brink Security System. And in six months' time, he ended up the number six salesman out of their whole staff of 400. And they'd had 12 months to sell. He only had six months. So they made him the general manager of that particular area. And it about scared him to death because he had absolutely no experience. He went in a bookstore. He had not read a book since he had graduated from college in 1988. Now you think about that for a moment, folks. That's a ridiculous thing. You know, less than one. A lot of times people say, well, I don't have a lot of education. Two of the most brilliant men I've ever known, PhDs, college professors, friends of mine, estimated, and that's all they could do, that considerably less than one half of 1% of our total knowledge has been acquired in a formal educational setting. Now, please don't misunderstand. In no way am I trying to say anything that would discourage anybody from getting all the formal education that they can. But if you don't have it, that is not a legitimate reason for not getting it. Forgive me when I use another personal example, but we have a young lady on our staff named Laurie Majors. Laurie has been my executive assistant for 22 years. She finished the 10th grade of formal education. A few years ago, we evaluated our key personnel, and she certainly qualifies as key personnel. She checked out at slightly above the master's degree level. You can finish your formal education. You can even make it easy. That's not true. Uh, You can finish your schooling, I should say. You can even make it easy, but that's not true of education. You never finish it. You always continue on it. Well, at any rate, Dan went into a bookstore and he saw a tape in there entitled How to Get What You Want. 
Happened to be uh, by a fellow that talked funny and told a lot of jokes and even had the audacity to make the statement that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Now, he said, I didn't believe that for a minute. But he said it was interesting listening and it was entertaining and there was so much truth in it. He said, I saturated then I myself with it. And he said, I started getting the other tapes and it turned out to be the most profound leadership course he had ever taken. Now, why would it be a leadership course? Very simple. You got to be before you can do and you got to do before you can have. We were talking about developing the qualities that will enable you to be the kind of person that God designs you to be and expects you to be. He did phenomenally well in that position. And then uh, they moved him uh, to the regional general manager with the largest territory in the entire division. He said he listened to tapes 90 minutes a day. He started reading at least one book a week. He came through our Born to Win seminar four different times, but the first time he hit the jackpot, he committed his life to Jesus Christ. Radical changes. You see, he tied himself to the eternal power. And when you do that, folks, that's when things happen. Uh, he restored uh, his relationship with his father. He had never had one. Uh, he started falling through on all of the other things. The day will come and he is now the senior vice president at Lee Heck Harrison. He teaches leadership courses. He's taught 20 courses there at the Crystal Cathedral uh, out in uh, the Los Angeles area. He teaches a class. He's doing so many other things. And it all happened uh, because when he really realized that, yes, there were some things that he could do that would make a difference. He started doing those things. You know, folks, we want to live rich and we also want to die rich, don't we? We want to live well, but even more importantly, we want to finish well. Uh, I was uh, looking up a couple of little scriptures here. Uh, in the third book of Third John, the second uh, verse, it says... I wish above all things, my brethren, that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospereth. Now, I looked up the word prosper, and it uh, is to favor, to render successful, to grow or to increase, to thrive. You know, so many times in the church, we are reluctant to talk about money and reluctant to talk about having money as a goal. A lot of people even misquote the scriptures, you know, saying uh, money is the root of all evil. And that, of course, is not true. It's the love of money. Just cannot, must not make it your God. But did you know the Bible talks a whole lot more about money and success than it does about heaven? It literally does. But it wasn't until I was rereading. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll read something and I don't get the whole message while I was there. It's a process. We hear him say that frequently in his messages. But I want to stop us right there. I mean, that statement is easy to hear and nod to. But I don't think that's the way our heads work and our actions belie. I mean, Tom, do you see people by far and large looking at success for their lives as an event and missing the necessary devotion to the process. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I came back from an event I spoke in in St. Louis on Tuesday, and I sat next to a lady who was a, a filmmaker. She does documentaries, and she was on the way 
to do some interviews at a convention of POWs from Japan from World War II. So these men are in their 90s. And we talked about how some survived this, you know, this brutal chapter in American history, you know, torture and not having food and, and going through that. But some didn't. And we started talking about, well, what's the difference between the two? And it really boils down to hope. And those who survive the, what we think is insurmountable, I mean, how do you do that? They believe that there's hope in the future and there's something they can do right now to increase their odds. So why do I bring this up? Well, people look at success in the same way. There's a group of people who see that success is circumstances beyond their control. It's an event. You know, everything just lined up and it happened to me. And there's other people like the people who survive a prison of war camp or people who go through unbelievable physical obstacles to succeed anyway who believe that there's this hope in the future. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix my eyes on that goal. And I'm going to go step by step every single day, whatever I can control, I am. So in a sense, they say success is a process. And when I go out and speak to audiences, it's funny because sometimes in the middle of the speech in my head, I'll go, okay, are these people who believe that they can control the process, they can have an impact? Or are these people who've come in here with a mindset that, man, life just happens. There's nothing I can really do. Because if you are talking with somebody who believes and they think there's nothing they can really do, you've got to first convince them there's something they can do. You've got to give them that hope. Gosh, which you shared with me, that was always how Zig led off the majority of his messages, right? With letting people hear his, the harshness of his background and how he came out of that to level the playing field. That he wasn't a superstar. He started at the bottom and worked his way out and made it palatable to them, correct? Absolutely. I mean, he, he, he had it as tough as it comes, grew up in the Great Depression, didn't have any money, wasn't successful in anything he did. And then all of a sudden, his mentor said, Zig, if you believed in yourself, you could be a champion. And so when he studied that, understood what it meant, it meant that he had to control his attitude. He had to determine what he could and would do every day and then follow through and do it. And once you have that hope in the process, that faith, that confidence in the steps that you're taking – Wow, you're on a path, and that's why you know that's why lottery winners don't have their money a few years later. Yeah, they're usually, they're usually worth off because it wasn't a process that got them there; it was luck. You know, it was it was just an accident of circumstance. But on the other side of the coin, you talk to business people all the time who went broke two or three times, or maybe they had a very successful business and lost it. Yet they still have this hope, and the reason that they have this hope is because they know they're always learning. They know they're not going to make the same mistakes again. And if they put the same process in place, they can be successful in a new way. Absolutely. Man, I, I've seen that just interestingly. I've seen the same thing with people who have received an inheritance, uh, you know, significant financially, that they tend to hold on to it and grasp and, and have a hard time being gracious and giving with it, as opposed to people who just earned their money and they're more willing to let it flow out because they know they can earn it back again. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Same thing. Okay. Well, so, so the next statement after that, that you already kind of led into Zig says failure, and we hear this a lot, but we're going to talk about it. Failure is not a person. It's an event. Uh, and the picture you have of yourself plays a major role. So we're right back to self-image again, as you just, you just mentioned a moment ago. And the, and that was the focal point of last week's show. Again, show number 320. 
Uh, folks, again, that was the, about the self-talk cards, which you can still get yours and join us in this shared experience. Again, it's free, no fry, fine print or back-of-the-room sale here. Um, actually, I do take free reign always to tell people to register and, and promote the Ziegler Legacy Certification course. I think there's a few slots left in our upcoming course. So you can find that at ZieglerCertified.com. Um, and the next one after that is, is uh, in September. But anyways, go to, to get your self-talk cards, Ziggler.com forward slash self-talk and get those cards. Uh, now, Tom, so my perspective is on this issue of failure. Many people don't necessarily perceive or think of themselves consciously really negatively. They don't necessarily, again, consciously consider themselves losers or failures. Uh, they don't perceive maybe that they even have negative self-talk. They think they're maybe in neutral but I'm wondering, is there really a neutral? I mean, if you aren't thinking positively and confidently about yourself intentionally, can you really be at top performance? You know, I think the reality is one of dad's quotes that I love is he says this. He says, your past is important, but not nearly as important as you see your future. I mean, that is, that's key. And so and unless you consciously put into your mind how you're going to see your future, I think your bent is, your personality is, the way the world kind of kind of bumps us around is, well, I'm just going to see what happens, and probably what's going to happen isn't anything that's really great. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and now I can tell you that, you know, my travel journey where I get on the plane and I give the flight attendants the Starbucks card and we smile and I encourage them, my whole travel world has just turned upside down and I literally now walk onto a plane like a kid in a candy store thinking this thought, wow, I have an opportunity to change the atmosphere of this whole plane. And I'm getting comfortable with it, and I'm getting beyond just the flight crew. Now the passengers around me are getting involved. They're getting excited. They're teasing me. They're like, how come I'm not getting all the free stuff you know, that I'm getting, right? And I joke with them, and I say, hey, you know what? When you recognize people and you can take control of that, you get the benefits of that, the generosity principle. This last flight, I'm flying into St. Louis. The pilots want to talk to me when I'm done. I go up there. We're getting off the plane. I stop in with the pilots. One of them says, where are you going? I'm going, I'm going to Tantara. He goes, me too. I'm going there tomorrow. My wife is at a nurse's convention. I go, me too. That's where I'm speaking. So I take a picture of this guy, and then the next day in the conference, I put the picture up on the board, and this lady in the audience goes, hey, that's my husband. You see what I mean? We are so close to people that we have common things with. We don't even realize it. But when we enter the room saying, how can I help you? What can I do to make your day? Then we become friends instantaneously. So absolutely, the self-image of, you know what, am I going to just like try to go with the flow and avoid getting in trouble in 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 this area? Or... Am I going to step up and stand out and and make a difference in the atmosphere of the room? And when that happens, the winner is you. I mean, everybody on that plane is excited. The flight attendants, man, they love Starbucks. They're getting off the plane thanking me. (laughs) But you know what? Who's still talking about it? Me. Uh Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, we need to get them as a sponsor of the show. (laughs) 
Well, so on that, on both of those notes, I, I mentioned we, we need some people to get resources here. So I mentioned audible.com earlier in the show, uh, sponsoring the show. Sure. So let's get, let's get folks some confidence boosting material. Now let them take action. I mean, audible.com, they carry Ziegler audiobooks, including Zig's renowned book. See you at the top. And the book that he and you, Tom, wrote together, Born to Win. I mean, you can get one of those books, folks, uh, or any book they have in their 180,000 titles right now for free, instantly. If you'll go to audible.com forward slash Ziggler. Again, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash Ziggler. You can get those. They're free. It includes a 30-day trial, no strings attached. And uh, if you already have those Ziggler titles, uh, of course, there's others on there. But if you want to get another motivational powerhouse audiobook, Tom, uh, any awesome audiobooks you'd recommend that these folks can get for free at Audible? Absolutely. I could probably give you a dozen, but we've only got time for one. And that is The Power of Who by Bob Bodine. The Power of Who by Bob Bodine. I read this book a number of years ago. Totally changed the relationships that I had with my closest friends. We, we know everybody we need to know in order to be, do, and have the things in life that are available to us. They're right in our inner circle with our friends. But the challenge is we don't claim our friends. And so that book allowed me to step out and claim my friends. And so if you want to take your life to the next level, I love that book, The Power of Who. Okay, awesome. Well, folks, so go get that again, audible.com forward slash Ziegler, a free download. Well, so back to our topic here. I mean, Tom – in your you know work with so many people, just talking about you know vision, talking about this uh, you know this quote that I led off with by uh, Helen Keller, you know how do, how do you see it play out? Where you experience people who have sight but not really vision? <laughs> you know, so many people get focused on what they're going to say next mm-hmm. instead of listening to what's going on around them instead of observing the atmosphere. I mean, I I, just going back to this plane example, I I walked on the plane and I used my opening line. Hey, can you do me a favor? Right? Cause I like to kind of catch him off balance. And the flight attendant said, you're not even going to say hello first. And I realized she's right. Right. It should be about them from the very opening, you know, interchange. And so what happens is we get so caught up in the moment that we don't we miss the vision of the bigger picture. The vision of the bigger picture is if she can become my friend, if we can have a respect based on trust for each other, no matter what happens the rest of the time that I'm in her presence, it's going to be better for both of us. Yeah. Right? So we got to have a vision for where we want to go. And so when we create that vision for where we want to go, then we're going to be like, okay, that's where I want to go. What are the people going to be like when I get there? Yeah. What's the vision? How do I want them to be? Okay, so how do I find those kind of people? Well, the easiest way to find those kind of people is to start treating everybody like you want those people to treat you. And the ones who naturally do that, they're going to gravitate to you because you're kindred spirit. Oh, excellent. Yeah, the vision. I mean, this this really made me think about it again. And it brought up something, Tom. You know that I've been helping people for the past uh, seven years, really, uh, pursue self-employment. And so many people want to get the next book, the next resource that gives them the step-by-step on how to make a million dollars in your sleep uh, with your own self-employed business. They want the, the how-tos. And, and I found time and time again that the reason we have such poor 
statistics on people successfully becoming self-employed is often because they're looking for that step-by-step how-to, the, the site in this essence, and not looking at the big vision. What's the motive? Why are they doing this? Uh, do they really believe in themselves enough? What do they want to achieve? Again, go into that vision. So this really made me reframe, think about it again. So Zig's next statement in the message here was, to be the winner you were meant to be, there has got to be a game plan to go along with it. Um, he said, and I paraphrase, that we get caught up in small goals, stuff. And Zig names, you know, cars and vacations and country, country clubs. And I was thinking, you know, if you heard that and thought, hey, that's not me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't go after that thing. I thought, well, let's talk about some other stuff. How many of us are just going through the motions and the grind, looking forward to and, and devoting ourselves to a new, you know, a new smartphone? Okay, it's not something big, a new smartphone, a new movie to see, the next episode in our favorite TV show, the next sports game, a holiday weekend, uh, padding our retirement fund, or the next gadget or deal or sale where we can buy something. So many small things that keep us occupied and away from our true success. Or maybe we're doing lots of good things. I see this a lot, Tom, and I know you do too. Volunteering at church or some humanitarian effort or coaching our kids' sports team or helping friends or family and being available for them or simply you know, keeping your nose clean, keeping your job, making sure nothing jeopardizes the little kingdom or comfy shack that you've managed to build on earth. But they're good things, but do they keep you from great things? You know, What is mastering us? Uh, us and our vision or things, duties and stuff. So, Tom, I was going to ask you, you know, give us a personal experience because we've all done this. We do this of letting good things keep you from great things. Oh, I tell you, uh, my own personal experience, and, and then I'm going to uh, give credit where credit's due to someone else. But, you know, a good thing is to stay on top of your email. I mean, that's a good thing, right? You're responsive, you're cleaning it out, you're getting back to people, even people you don't know, even people who don't really care, even people who are probably never going to do business with you, right? That's a good thing, isn't it? Uh-huh. But if you, you know, they, they say it takes, I don't know, 12 to 15 minutes to get your creative focus back once it's broken. Uh-huh. And so what happens is, is your the email comes in and you go to it, and then you go back to being creative. And ten minutes later, just when your juices are going again, another email comes in, and you go and you do that. Right? That's a good thing, except for it's taking you away from the best thing. Mm-hmm. So, one of my good friends, Seth Godin, he gave me a, a little phrase that I love. It's called the scalability of trust. And his whole purpose is to scale trust in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you're about to do something, have an interaction online, face-to-face, you're speaking, you're with a group of people, is what you're saying and doing scaling trust? That's a big thing, right? And so now what you've got to do is make the little things add up to the big thing. And the second thing that I just learned from him recently is what's your most creative hour of the day? Are you a morning person, afternoon, evening? When is it? Scale trust with yourself and with your audience by holding that hour sacred. No interruptions. Just being creative during that time. Now you've got this connection between the little thing you're going to do. Hey, I want to work on this project, right, which is what you're doing between every email, except for now it's 100% focus. The good thing isn't interrupting the best thing, and it's building the ultimate goal, which is to scale trust. Because when you scale trust with everybody, the rest follows. Man, that's a good word for me. I, um, I, I allow a lot of distractions to happen. And, yeah, it takes me a while to get to that creative spot. Like my 
sacred time of crafting out these Ziggler shows that I love. That's a sacred time for sure. Well, hey, last point I want to hit on Zig's message. So he got on a soapbox about formal education, uh, which is timely in an era, era right now where more people than ever are, of course, going to college. They're racking up more debt than ever, and they're having a harder and harder time getting work, especially work that pays well enough to pay for all that formal education uh, debt. And again, he, and he said it in there, it wasn't to keep, tell anybody to not go after formal education, do that. But the point is your education does not stop there. So he goes on about the necessity for success of always being educated. Uh, so let's look at that real quick. What does it mean to educate ourselves? So I looked up the definition of educate Tom, and here's a couple definitions to develop the faculties and powers of of a person by teaching instruction or schooling to develop the mental, moral, or social capabilities of. So both of those develop is the key word. So with the information age that we're in, we have one of the most knowledgeable cultures ever. I mean, lots of knowledge may help you win, you know, game shows or trivial pursuit, but it most surely is not necessarily developing your mind which is the key to educate again as we went through. So let's put the question out there. How many of us are truly daily or even weekly working to educate ourselves, to develop ourselves today above what we were yesterday? That doesn't just happen. So if the point is having a vision for who and where you want to be, then we should be doing the daily work to educate ourselves to that place. So, Tom, I'm sure you've noticed, but it's been interesting to me, often the most voracious consumers of personal and business development resource, whether uh, books, audio books, audio seminars, conferences, personal coaching and consulting, are the very people who provide those same things. They're the authors, speakers, and the leaders we all follow. They're the ones consuming those voraciously. So if you want to educate others, commit to fervently educating yourself. You know, so Tom, it seems to me that people think of those on top. We just have this, I don't know, a natural uh, image of they've arrived, right? And they give information and wisdom out. We don't view them. We might nod to it, but we don't really have that, that mental image. We don't view them as being constant students of taking teaching and counsel uh what do you think i mean does that ring true <laughs> you know one one of the common things with authors is they've read more books than anybody else mm-hmm. right and it's because they're they've had a unique life a unique perspective they've had their own circumstances but the creative ideas they get from 10 or 20 other thought leaders of you know over the last year or two years is what creates the masterpiece of today it's our internal experiences, what we've lived through, plus that outside knowledge and information that we bring in. And then the ones that consistently get rated as the greatest leaders of our time are also rated number one in the, in the area of I can trust them. And so it's that combination of knowledge and wisdom. So we've always got to be bringing in new information so that we can be better, so that we can compete in this world but we've got to put it against a litmus test of wisdom because just to have the knowledge, man, you can mess up all the time. I've had interactions with several people lately, brilliant people, extremely smart, but wisdom and how they made decisions have taken their lives in places they never wanted to go, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so as we think about, okay, if I'm going to be that kind of person who's a great leader who has all the things in life I want, I have to constantly be reading and learning new information But I need to sit back introspectively every now and then and say from a wisdom perspective, from relationships, from integrity, from character, from the way that I want my legacy to be formed, how am I taking this information and applying it in the right way? Awesome. 
Well, hey, folks, a lot to digest there. So we will uh, leave you with that. Tom, always a gift to do this show with you. Just thank you all for for tuning in. Again, you can get a free book from Audible right now at audible.com forward slash Ziegler. See you in our next show. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZigglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.